Delicious tacos. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, brother? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and clear, sir. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Are we on the air? Yes, we're on the air, actually. Sweet. Sorry I can't face docs yet, man. Someday soon you'll be able to see my beautiful, <laughs> my beautiful chiseled features. But for now, I hope you have a good visual representing me. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and you, you said that was you in the image. I guess I was told the wrong thing earlier. Uh, the Taliban. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah. that's me with my friend, my my adopted Pashtun brother, Lord Miles in Kandahar. We roam the hills together. You know, we have uh, we have a special Thursday night ceremony where we uh, we bring all the young boys of the village into the uh, into the hut and you know make them dance and stuff. It's very fun. It's a great cultural activity that I was proud it's to tasteful. share. It's tasteful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, what's the craziest? Before I have you introduce yourself, since we just jumped right into this, where, where's the craziest place you've ever been? You were in Portugal. I've been there a couple times. Yeah, I, was, I mean, you had crazier shit happen in Portugal <laughs> than me, true. but just barely. Craziest place I've been is Cambodia, um, which is, uh, you know, I was just doing touristy shit there, but it's nothing to shake a stick at. Like Cambodia can get pretty nuts. They, you get off. I traveled overland from Thailand and like even at the border crossing, you can tell you're going from like a country that's basically like Asian Disneyland for tourists into uh, you're like, Oh shit, this place had a genocide within living memory. <laughs> like it's uh, it's very, the Cambodian people are beautiful, wonderful people. They will recover their country and triumph, but they got fucked. There are no old people. Everybody my age is like four foot five from malnutrition. There's guys in like, communist looking uniforms walking around with with uh you know assault rifles everywhere and like you really you kind of do feel like they might make you dig your own grave and smash your head with a rifle butt if you fuck up um but at the same time i went you know i visited temples and uh i had sex with my waitress there that was nice and it's a it's a beautiful place but it's crazy and they should you know they were at, they were at war with vietnam in the 90s so they've been undergoing like civil wars and wars with their neighbors for many, many decades. And uh, they shut down the education system. Nobody went to school for a while. So they've got a lot to recover from. So that's, that's Kampucha, Cambodia. Now that's pretty, yeah, you know, I actually read about that place a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty bad. If they just shut down school for a few years. That could have a bad impact. <laughs> I mean, before that, a few decades before that, a guy named uh, Paul Pot. Uh, oh, took yeah. over as a communist and slaughtered a huge percent of the country, um, including anyone that wore glasses. Uh, and then uh, the current president, sense. the current president is a former Khmer Rouge officer who's been president for, I think, like 38 years. So obviously he's doing a great job because <laughs> he keeps getting, <laughs> getting reelected in landslides for almost Holy 40 years. Holy shit, so he, that guy he must, must be, be killing it. Be killing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange because you go and it seems like everybody's living in abject poverty, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the magic of democracy, man. He must be doing it. It could be job. even worse if he wasn't in charge. Imagine how bad <laughs> it could be. Right. Yes, like, exactly. This, this guy's keeping some kind of standard there. But um, it is like Cambodia. The thing, a thing I remember about Cambodia is going to the park, and uh, there's like women doing aerobics to nice music, and then they have these bats that are like, 
they these giant fucking black bats that appear to have six foot wingspans just swooping around where pigeons would normally be in the park. There's this giant Dracula like bat flying around. Absolutely gorgeous, but like crazy. And then also they have uh, like eight foot termite mounds and stuff and like bizarre like 18 inch blue earthworms in the jungle like it's a it's a crazy place but no, but the people are great and fucking super nice and you know a little they're a little uh you can tell that they're not like in the philippines if you walk around like everybody wants to meet you and the women want to marry you and guys want you to marry their daughter and like cambodia is not like that because we assisted in destabilizing their country allowing a genocidal dictator to take over so they kind of remember that and they're a little <laughs> warrier of you mean they're having a tough time get up, getting over that come on i mean let me <laughs> yeah exactly it's like, all we know. did was you know i i don't know how much it's america's fault like anthony bourdain famously said that going to cambodia makes you want to you know pop henry kissinger in the mouth or something but um we definitely did not you know did not positively positively contribute to the stability of that country but you know, it, it it was worth it to win such a huge, important victory in the Vietnam War. Yeah, exactly. That uh, shining moment of glory. As long as, long as, <laughs> long as Vietnam didn't didn't go communist, then. yeah, it worked out well. Um, yeah. Now, uh, Cambodia. I'm actually, you know, you said something earlier though. Uh, I'm in Mexico in the Yucatan. That's where I live now. And um, are you in uh, Quintana Roo? No, but it's very close. It's the next state over. So Cancun's it's about a, three hours yeah, away. It's a, it's a gorgeous place. So you'd get to do yes. like cenote swimming and yeah. Do you ever go do you ever go bird watching there? No, I haven't been bird watching, but I went and seen a lot of the Mayan ruins. So I saw uh, Chichen Itza and That's um, cool, man. Pyramid of the Magician and some other stuff. I'm going to Mexico City next week, so I'm gonna see some stuff there too. Um so when when you're on the beach, do me a favor. Uh, that area has one of my favorite shorebirds. It's called a frigate bird. Oh. So look for uh, a dark, like a black bird circling very high with a forked tail. Gorgeous bird. Mm. Um, and it's called a frigate bird. It's got a big red uh, inflatable sack on its neck that the males use to entice a mate. Oh, I see it now, so, actually. Yeah, look. Look for the frigate bird, man. A very beautiful bird always welcomes me to Mexico and Central America. One of my favorites. And uh, also a lot of great iguanas there. Yes, I've um, seen an iguana. I actually stopped and took a picture of one a couple. Well, it was about a month ago now, or a little bit more, I guess. And I was just walking to, to the re just restaurant to get a burger or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and um, there was a giant fucking like three foot long iguana and it had this crazy pattern on it and i stopped and took a picture so gorgeous man yeah birds and wildlife are are beautiful spiritual friends that help you understand god and peace yeah i agree with that for sure what's um, wait a minute so this is i don't want to bore your listeners with lore that they're already very steeped in so why are you in mexico now are you fleeing like charges or something no, or no. are you just Okay. Not not fleeing any charges. I moved down here uh, last year uh, under different circumstances, but I'm still here uh, solo. I won't go into all that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just decided to move to Mexico last year. Uh, like like, what's going on with you? How do you feel? Are you healthy? Is your life good? Yeah, I mean, I'm healthy. Okay. I, I lost about I don't know eighty pounds or something like that. So outstanding. Um, I've I've had I've had a little turmoil. Like I said, I won't go into it for uh, a couple reasons. 
that have to do with yeah. the, the court of law, are, but not criminal. Are you, still, uh, <laughs> are you waiting for a fucking statute of limitations to expire? No, 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 no. nothing, nothing criminal, but, uh, you know, uh, that's not the only way to be involved in a court of law. So, all right, um, man. I won't, I won't push it too hard. I mean, look, I hope yeah, it goes yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's unfortunate. I won't, I won't go into it. I've talked about some of these things, uh, before in the past, but it was, it was a different situation, uh, when I moved down to Mexico at first. Um, but yeah, actually I love it here. I mean, uh, crazy, like this is, you won't deny, like crazy shit seems to happen to you. I know, I remember when you were in Portugal, like oh. there was some video, video of like guys physically attacking you. Yeah. And then like, like, I just, I worry for you, uh, the, the like long suffering wife in me worries about your physical and mental health in, in getting yourself into all these situations. So I hope that you are living a healthy life in, in Mexico and like being at peace that's all I'll say. I'm not going to be too much of a no. It's fun, and a, man. And a nag to you. I mean, now you know, we always I get into to, it like this. Like I, I remember... would love to see you living in the sunlight of the spirit with me, uh, as a sober individual enjoying fucking beautiful iguanas in the jungle. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you could talk about that a little bit because I obviously I you know I've had a couple high profile stumbles I guess you could say uh, this yeah. year with uh, lack of sobriety. Uh, the fucked up thing is I had a lot of sobriety this year though, including right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, those high profile stumbles were pretty bad, uh, and you know a lot of personal stuff out yeah. there. And, I mean, uh, look, you're you're you won't. I don't think you'll deny like you're an alcoholic, right? Yeah, and I can't deny. And <laughs> when I when I was an active alcoholic, like there's not a a single fucking thing anyone could have told me that would have made me change anything about my life right so i can't help being it but be a nagging bitch even though i know it's ineffective to you and it's just like it's only annoying for me to be like you should get sober but all i want to say is that i think that for people like you and me because for your listeners who don't know who i am like i'm a writer uh i have a site deliciousTacos.com. i have a Substack. i wrote a book called the pussy and i was notorious for a long time for being like this drug addicted like pussy getting guy and pussy 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 the pussy man and uh you know for just being this sort of bukowski-esque degenerate and i was scared that uh if i ever stopped drinking and if i ever stopped you know if i ever stopped living like a fucking demon that it would remove my ability to express myself and that my you know, my art and my life would be boring and that's not you know you still remain exactly who you are and you still remain yourself it doesn't take anything away except the fucking alcohol and if you still have time drinking in you by the way drinking fucking rules and also people who are within the sound of my voice if you can non-addictively do cocaine then fucking do it because it's fantastic but for the you know there's those there, a lot of us there reaches a point where you know you got to stop or you're going to die and you got to make a choice to live or die and i'm not saying that now is the time for you to make that choice but at some point you're going to have to make the choice and i just want to tell you like when you're when you do like just know that you can fucking get sober and still be yourself yeah and i appreciate you saying that and that's that conversation session or that uh, little uh, piece you just put out there um it's something you think about right especially yeah you know i i used to drink a lot just as part of the show and just as part of everything right and it's like yeah. oh it won't be the same and like i'm out here and uh, you know they want to see me drink right like oh i'll take a drink yeah all right like they're they're still you know um 
uh, vestiges of that, I guess, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, you know, I used to always have a drink out yeah. here, and it worked. Yeah, right? like, and, they and I, it. you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of the same thing where, like, you have an audience that kind of cheers you on. You know, there's like half your audience is like, oh my god, like, can you please take care? You know, please eat <laughs> yeah. some broccoli and take care of yourself. And then half your audience is like, yeah, get that ass, baby, fuck that whore. And like, you can't. It's not there. You can't. Whatever. Like. I put that out there, so that's the energy I get back. I'm I've turned into yeah. such a fucking new agey, like woo woo person now, but like that's the energy I put out there, Ethan. And just I just found that when I take my amethyst crystals and lavender oil into my bubble bath with me, and uh, you know my Buddha statue, that uh, you know I can fucking sell my skincare line better. <laughs> but it, it is like it's. I'm just saying like. You can still be yourself and the product, like your sort of technique, your ability to talk and remember and think and be fast and be funny is better than ever when you have your full wits about you. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. Well, that's something I, I've noticed, actually. I used to think, yeah. well, that actually enhanced my performance, but it, it didn't. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like able it, to speak more clearly and remember, recall. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. Now the one the one problem is alcohol certainly uh, enhances your social life and it certainly enhances your romantic life. It makes it really easy to to like a woman and have them like you, which I've had difficulty doing in sobriety, you know, for the past ten years. So women love alcohol too. Yeah, that's yeah. Thing. Women love they love dogs and alcohol. They really do. They, they love to fuck a German Shepherd and fucking pound down a twelve pack. That's true. They're unhappy if it's they're not, not drinking. A, I've been around a woman. No. They're like, "Yeah, I'll stop drinking. I'll stop drinking with you." And and they did, but it was like, yeah. maybe, maybe you should start back drinking. They, yeah, dude. That's why they they got to get on antidepressants or some other fucking substitute, man. Yeah. Whatever. Being a woman is a hard life. I don't blame them. I would I would be fucking hammered all day too if I had. Well, it wasn't easy being around me either, right? Like I mean, I yeah, I shouldn't sit here and act like it was the, you know, the Taj Mahal treatment. I mean, it is like it is kind of a panacea for relationships as long as you're not an angry drunk or a mean drunk. Like if you have a problem in a relationship, you can drink your way through it until you're both just kind of laughing about shit. That is something sure. you lose, and I still don't know how to solve that problem. Like, I'm still fucked with respect to women in relationships. Yeah, I've had an issue, too, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I did the uh, – I'm in the uh, the pussy anonymous, too. I've been ball cell, allegedly, for like 10 months now. Really? Yes. But I just relapsed, actually, in Portugal. I had sex with somebody, um, so I broke like 10 and a half months of uh, – like not romantically touching a woman at all and like beating off on a very <laughs> prescribed schedule and never looking at porn and never flirting with anybody online. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I just, I violated that. Now, what did that do for your, well, no, we, we can imagine what it did in Portugal when you violate, but, but what, yeah. what did the, uh, yeah, absolute... I blew like, I blew a load that was like, <laughs> it should have been, it should have been in a medical journal. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked at like what my balls were capable of producing at at my age. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like I broke a window. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, what was the question? I don't remember. Um, wait, what was it? I, I, now I forgot too. I was we're laughing. talking about just like being ball cell and what is it? Like, oh, what is it? I mean, oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. What did it do for your productivity uh, over those ten months? It's like, been interesting. It really 
Yeah, no. uh, you know, I mean, I'm already pretty productive, right? I have two jobs. I have a day job and like I write a lot. And so it it has been helpful for writing. So my next book is called True Love and it's like, it's, you know, a love story. I'm trying to sort of encapsulate everything that I know about like women, sex and relationships and just being horny all the time, like helped me have the energy to write all these scenes about women and like rhapsodize about them. Um, but... I think that, so I jerk off like every other day at 3 p.m. That's my masturbation schedule. That and seems reasonable. Yeah, it's not, it seems reasonable, except the day that I beat off at like, you know, 2.15 rolls around and I'm ready to fucking, <laughs> I'm ready to take my AR-15 to the school, you know. You got like Pavlovian dick there, right? He's yeah. like, okay, I'm yeah. expecting this I'm, is coming uh, up I'm soon, getting, right? getting getting pretty crazy and then when i do jerk the jerk the gherkin it's like it's never it's not like a long central experience it's pretty brutal how fast i come so i think that um i'm too i think it's a little too much i'm too horny and i do you know when i finally did hook up with somebody like i got really i got puppy dog attached to them like instantly i was like oh you know i did the same way that you would when you're 14 years old and a girl kisses you for the first i mean the first time you really touch a woman and just see how magical that is i mean the poets aren't aren't kidding about that i had that exact feeling again i was re-virginized and uh i'm a little scared now now i'm supposed to actually start dating in like a healthy constructive manner so i have like a whole plan of like how i'm gonna ask girls out and i'm gonna look for a candidate you know non-bpd women that are looking to start a family and I'm scared. I'm afraid of how desperate I could become not having been surrounded by women for so long. We'll see. Now you you wrote a book called The Pussy, as you said. I earlier. wrote a book called The Pussy, which your reader, which your listeners can find on Amazon.com. The Pussy by Delicious Tacos. It's the greatest book you'll ever read. It really is good, and you posted a lot of it on Twitter too, or X, or like yeah. stories from it. Uh, dude, some that, of them that blown up, dude. That's the smartest thing you ever did. I mean, besides that, writing yeah. the book itself, I was sitting there thinking, "Wow, this is." And they, you know, they upped the character limit, so you used to not be yeah. able to do stuff like that. But like, you know, you're putting you're putting like pretty decent sized sections of your book, and the stories are all fire. Uh, I'm selling so I'm selling more pussy now than I ever have <laughs> because of those long tweets, like that Elon taking over X is the greatest thing that ever happened because though it's true that for some reason, those long form text tweets, if you have a book you're trying to shill or a blog or something, just put it on Twitter, get Twitter blue and put it in as long tweets. And like, if it's, if it's meant to pop, it'll fucking pop. Yeah. I'm getting like views in the millions on literary fiction, short stories, which is fucking unheard. I'm getting like cat person numbers on some of these things. It's crazy so, reach, man. It's from people yeah. who would have never seen it. Like, uh, yeah, it's got for your some name reason, right like, there next to it. Like, I mean, that's amazing. Like, some of these are in the millions. Like you said, I saw it too. I was yeah. like, holy shit. People hate people hate to read because they go through <laughs> school and then they're made to read like shitty books or books that aren't, you know, a teenage boy shouldn't be reading Jane Austen, but they make you read it and write reports on it. So they develop a lifelong aversion to reading and feeling like it's a homework assignment. So if you can get it into another format that doesn't feel like work for them, like, and then they'll be open to your story. That's the whole message here. I think like yeah. writers like have to use social media, like your fucking publisher is not going to do shit for you. Like you have to get out there, you have to shill it and you have to enjoy being a social media personality and it's fucking fun on its own. Anyway, like I've met, I met you, uh, dude, I met so many fucking cool people through this thing so many great 
real life friends, so many women before I became Volcel. It's fantastic. All right, look, you brought that up twice. Why did you become Volcel? I had a problem with um uh hang on, my computer's doing something fucked up. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I had a problem, especially over COVID. Like COVID made people in LA crazy. Like they were super, like the Trump election made LA women crazy. They became like dog fucking fuck pussy hat women. And then COVID made them even crazier. And then I had a couple bad dates where I had a, I had a series of experiences where either I was latching on to like BPD women or prostitutes or just inappropriate women and getting emotionally attached to them. Or I was going on, I had a couple hinge dates where I showed women my books after the date. You still there, right? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. I showed women my book. Like I would sleep with a woman or hook up with them and then be like, oh, yeah. You know, and I'd tell them I was a writer on the date. And then I'd give them a copy of my book and I would get like, they would be shocked and horrified. And they would like, some of them reacted in, in like seriously like horrendous ways and like dangerous ways. And so I was getting, I was in pursuing like girls i was getting myself in fucking potentially bad trouble and um and i was just like i was doing it out of desperation like and it was hurting me because i was i was desperate to like be with some fucking stupid bitch off hinge some fucking stupid dog fucking cunt off of hinge was you know breaking my heart and i was worried about her fucking judgment of me and feeling ashamed of my books um, and the reason for that is because I have this desperate thirst for not even pussy, which is, you know, pussy, whatever, if you want, you know, pussy can be got right. But for female approval and love, I want women to love me and tell me I'm great. And I have a desperation for that. That's, uh, that's addictive. So that's why I did it. I joined, you know, I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous. So I joined the Alcoholics Anonymous for pussy and, it's weird, man. It's kind of working. It's kind of. Wait, do they have pretty, that? Yeah, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. It's so anonymous that you're not even supposed to like disclose the existence of the program. But whatever, I'm anonymous, so it's called Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> There's also Sex Addicts Anonymous, but that's a, I think that's more for guys that are like jerking the skin off their dick or like, yeah, like you know, guys that are like, you know, the FBI sees their computer. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is. This is for guys like me that like went on too many hinge dates and got hung up on like some, you know, Asian paralegal because she fucking had nice tits and then cried about her after three dates. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a romantic man. I get, I get passionately, tragically romantic about women just like I did over this girl in uh, Portugal, you know, nah. although that, that resolved well, like we're friends now and everything's good. Well, that's good. Well, what happened? Well, no, you don't have to go into what happened in Portugal. Why were you? In oh, Portugal? no, I'd love to. I'd okay, love to well, go tell us. Then. All right, tell us. I, wrote, I just okay. wrote, you know, I got five good Substack posts out of it. And uh, this girl is also a poet and writer. So she understands like most girls are if you like if a girl is cool, like she's pissed if you don't write about <laughs> her. Right. Like women like to be written about. They really like it. And it's cool. Like, so, you know. And so, and this person is like a, a very muse-like inspiring person anyway. But I was in Portugal for the Urbit Assembly, which is a, a tech conference. And I got invited there to speak on a panel about like underground culture. I decided this year to try to do more like public appearances. So I'm doing readings and shit. I'm, I'm just trying to like dox myself slowly and just 
accept my identity and like not be fucking not hide anymore basically so i went to do this thing and uh i gave a speech on a panel or i gave a you know q a it was cool but this girl was there i kind of had uh i'd met up with her a couple times before and i talked her into going there like she had been invited there and wasn't gonna go and i was like oh you gotta go and like allegedly it was just because like i was trying to be a good friend but like in my heart it's because i fucking wanted to hook up with her like i got to admit that to myself i was stalking i was like i'm gonna stock the pond with pussy and then but uh, you know i'm not gonna relapse i'm gonna give her a nice back rub and just walk Ah, right up to the walk right right up to the edge and i did that like one night i gave her a nice back rub and that was the nicest part yeah and it was like one of the nicest it was one of the nicest memories of my life like i i say in one of my posts here that like when the car flips over like i hope that that's one of the moments that like they play back right before the you know paramedics can't can't save me right before i flatline like i want to be back give it with her between my legs like giving her a back rub during a movie screening is the greatest thing and then the next night <laughs> she was at she was at an airbnb and i needed to do laundry and she had a washer and dryer so i went over there and then it was just doomed, right? And to her credit, she was like, you're looking for love and I'm not, right? And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna fuck her. And I did, and it was great. She had a fucking beautiful pussy. Like I love, you know, she's fucking beautiful body, great, like sensual person, like I love and adore her. You know, I hope we're friends for life. Um, but pussy itself, like fucking pussy was not as transcendent as the goddamn back rub. Like I wish I'd stopped at the fucking back rub. Because it was just like, okay, I remember what this is like. I've done this a million times before, and now I'm like losing ten months of sobriety and losing all my time, and like, you know, I'm kind of ashamed, and like, I know I'm gonna get hung up on this girl, and I did. And then the next day, she fucking hooked up with another guy, and like, which she said she was gonna do that kind of shit, right? It's nothing against her; it's me. This is my putting unreasonable expectations on her, and causing problems for myself. Um, but not to self-flagellate against it too much. Cause like it was good pussy and, uh, you know, at least now I have something to jerk off to every other day. after 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 3 p.m. Can't get there fast enough. Now you got <laughs> yeah, dude. A, a whole new rack of memories. Uh, I'm jerking off. I'm jerking off to the back rub. Yeah. I fucked her bent over a dishwasher in an Airbnb. Say that's romantic. You mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> What was your favorite, other than the pussy there, but what what other favorite uh, parts of Portugal did you like? You know, I loved uh, Lisboa, as they call it. Uh, I fucking loved Portugal, just walking around cobblestone streets. The women there are fucking smoking hot, or not they smoking are. hot, actually. That's the, they're like eights, but they're all eights, and they yeah. all return eye contact and I fuck you. They're not like American women. You know, women in Los Angeles like ought to be launched into the sun for how like unfriendly and just basic lack of social graces they are. But like women in Portugal like give you the like eye contact and they're friendly to you. Um, it what the Urbit Assembly itself like I like the Urbit Tech Project. It's a complicated thing. You can look up what it is, but it's also cool. Like I'm an anonymous blogger basically, and so to kind of dox myself and walk around and like I also walk around thinking like nobody's fucking heard of me and I'm this obscure because nobody buys books. So like if you sell ten thousand books, you're like the greatest thing in the world. But everybody at this fucking conference knew who I was and was like, oh, you know, your books have helped me. Like they meant something to me. 
and it really like it like filled my heart i'm so not used to experiencing that it was just such a great experience and then lots of my friends were there and we went around to the great museums i saw the fucking Hieronymus bosch temptation of saint anthony um i saw beautiful birds and you know beautiful architecture churches i went with my friend veronica to like beautiful ancient you know beautiful basilicas with like the bones of saints in reliquaries there and like it's just it was a gorgeous experience and uh, i really loved it and and you know part of it was too this girl before i before i fucked her like in in you know developing my friendship with this person who is um somebody that i admire as a as a as a sort of artist and professional too that was part of like having a little crush and thinking at that point that it was going to be innocent and developing it and just and like your brain recovers after you stop drinking every day your ability your heart recovers after you stop fucking you know i don't want to use a misogynist term here but you know stop fucking uh, inappropriate romantic partners even for uh you know for a while your heart grows back into openness and virginity basically so that was just such a nice innocent time and like being like ooh is she going to be there you know is isabel going to be at the thing and then she was and i was like ooh am i going to hold hands with isabel you know it was just such a nice teenage experience and i'm fucking 47 years old right i got white hair i'm like a you know i i look i'm sure people who see me walking around with women are like look at that fucking sugar daddy like <laughs> paying that whole i look like a guy from like an ad in golf magazine or for like male botox or something <laughs> like viagra you know um and then they had uh they had a fight club event where you could go people could go fight and bet on it via urban so they had like jujitsu matches and kickboxing matches and shit i went there and like got to train with like badass grapplers and shit and like help some guys that were doing boxing fights that were totally untrained. And so teach them how to fucking keep their hands up and throw a jab and not get their fucking head caved in. So be of service to like younger people basically, which I have a, a craving to do, you know, also really the reason I got sexually sober is because I want to get married and have a kid. Right. And I want to do that while I still have some sperm left in my balls, which are <laughs> rapidly becoming autistic by the day. So now what makes you want to have a kid? Uh, I just, I think it kind of, because I want to, I want to experience that love and give that love to somebody and provide unconditional love and support to another human being. And if it doesn't happen, then I'll do that in some other way, right? I'll find another way to serve the next generation, but I'd like to do it. And I think I'd be a good husband and father. And I'd like to give it a try. Whether it's in the cards for me is up to God's will, right? There's only a certain amount that I can do, but the chances are greatly increased if I'm not weeping over whether a hooker is texting me back, you know, or I'm not like constantly going to get J.O.'d by a fucking 50 year old Chinese woman <laughs> in a massage parlor who's dressed like a fucking cheerleader, you know, like. There's just things that I've done that enough awkward, in my life. Isn't? Yeah. And some it, of those massage gross. parlors are yeah. like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, yeah. It's like, also, why am I paying for a hand? Why would <laughs> I, know, I ever it's pay not for even a hand worth job? It. Like, what the yeah. fuck? It's like, you're paying. Anyway, I won't get into it. Yeah. But, why yeah, go out for hamburger you when you have steak at <laughs> yeah, home? Yeah. It's like, what are you even doing? Like, I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been. I've heard of some guys in situations like that. Like, why are they even there? Yeah. Yeah. Not me, of course. I would never. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Continue. Yes, my, sorry, yes sorry. your friend, your friend, Reethan Alf, getting, <laughs> getting his pipe choked at, at fucking Osaka <laughs> massage. Yeah. Uh, seriously, sometimes 
just like, why are you even? I don't know. It's like mental illness or something almost. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are you even in this massage parlor? I've seen a couple yeah. questions like that. Yeah. I mean, look, I like getting a fucking actual massage and having it's been good for like touch too. I got you get touched That's true. when you're ball cell. So it's nice to just have somebody's palm. What about on the ones that can't even massage? It's like, okay, yeah, just get to Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a fucking crapshoot, dude. It's some of it's them actually all, can. Some of them then, are incredible. Yeah. Some so, of them are like, holy shit, my tendons are healed. Like, <laughs> holy shit, I can fucking I don't even want you to jack me off now. Like, what the yeah, fuck? You yeah. fix everything back there. Yeah, I know. It's too wholesome. Yeah, you can't get an HJ after that, dude. That's right. Yeah, no, exactly. And then oh, anyway. Um I got um I got a I got a fucking rub and tug once. And when I came, the woman was like, Oh, too long alone. <laughs> <laughs> like I nutted so hard that she knew that I was like, oh I was <laughs> She's like, Oh, it's not good. Some of them are kind of comical, yeah. Actually, oh, she mentioned that. They're yeah. goofy, dude. I mean, if you can get if you can get ones that have like <laughs> some English, that's a weird lifestyle, right? So they're making they're not making that they're making like sixty k a year living in L.A. But I guess they live in like Rosemead or other like weird like. There's huge like Chinese areas in L.A. that go on for like hundreds of square miles where it's just like nothing but the same five businesses over and over like a weird restaurant that serves like fucking duck eyeballs and like a massage parlor and like a weird herbalist doctor with you know the chinese doctor with the huge filing cabinet like the library filing cabinet behind him filled with like deer penis and shit like bizarre like endangered seahorses and like rhino horns and other like fucking chinese people can only get hard from eating like the last fucking the crazy the last shit on earth white orangutan in borneo <laughs> or something like it's all, every time an animal goes extinct it's always fucking chinese boner medicine like the only like fucking reticulated sloth in america in fucking brazil is the last thing that can give, get this guy hard but there's that and then you know whatever just weird chinese businesses but like uh, city of industry, uh, fucking Hacienda Heights. Like there's just these weird towns that are just nothing but fucking Chinese people. And that's where the masseuses like live. And I guess there's probably cheap rent. Like they just make sure they just circle up so that like Mexicans and you know, white and black people can't move there and fuck up their vibe. So the schools are probably pretty good. And like, they just fucking, you know, wall it off. Just click up out there. Um, they, they they build a great wall, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They build a great wall. They they're known to do that. Now, let me ask yeah. you, what are you working on as far as right? You talked about it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, uh, I have a new uh, new novel I'm working on. So, people who want to read my shit, the first place to go is deliciousTacos.com. Everything's free. I have a Substack that has free and paid shit. Delicious tacos. Just search delicious tacos. But. My, the main thing is my books. Uh, first book people should buy is The Pussy. I have a book, uh, novel called Finally Some Good News, which is the best thing I've ever done. And then a new book called Savage Spirit, The Unicorn, which is out a couple of years ago. I'm working on a, a second novel now. It's called True Love. And uh, you know I'm finished with Act One now, so it's like a third done. It's going to take a while, but it's like another project where I'm really like, I want this to be the best thing I've ever done. I'm trying as hard as I can, and I'm like researching as much. You know, I'm like... I'm just putting my all into it. Um, is it good? Like, I think so. We'll see. And like this one, I might not self-publish. I might take a publishing deal. I don't know, but uh, it's going to take a long time. So in the meantime, I'm working on just blogging a lot and fucking tweeting a lot and trying to 
raise my profile so when the book comes out it can sell you know yeah that makes sense uh and oh, i was gonna there's a movie being made of the pussy right now too so is there yeah it's not like fucking michael bay is making it it's well, like still. an indie movie but they're raising money for it and they're shooting part of it in december um so you know that's uh, will it be good i don't fucking know like i don't you know i've i'm not like working on it directly myself i'm just like i'm trying to help and support them because frankly because first of all to help a friend but frankly it's also a fucking great ad for the book because it makes it like it's not until a movie is being made of your book that people think it's a successful book like you know i toiled on this thing for years and then but suddenly everybody's like oh what about the movie what i'm like fuck you movie asshole like it's a book i fucking go read it what the fuck yeah yeah but you know people but there's a movie there's gonna be a movie um yeah so that's where people can find me and the new book is not gonna be out till 2024 at the earliest partly because of a legal statute of limitations yeah well i was gonna ask you about that um so how much of your how much real without saying what's real what's not like uh because i i i've had some yeah, thoughts listen, about Ethan, how, what i was gonna the, write uh, as far as like uh romana club style versus uh yeah. you know just uh, me telling exactly what happened as far as people places and times because that gets a little uh legally tricky actually yeah look uh first thing you gotta i mean first thing you gotta do is just write it honestly and then the way you fictionalize shit is um you know, look, I'm talking about a girl named Isabel in Portugal who's a poet, right? Her name's not Isabel. She's not a poet. Like, just fucking change details. So if you, you know, if you're like, I'm fucking this Mexican girl, she's 28. Like, I'm, I'm fucking this Guatemalan girl, she's 26, right? Just go in, first write it the way it happened, and then go in and just do a fucking find and replace. That's all it is. And then also, you can fictionalize it. You can put it in third person, but like it's mechanically easy to do, you know, and to fucking fictionalize shit. And then like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly what it is. Or you're like, yeah, I'm the fucking, you know, I shot JFK. What do you like? What's uh -huh. you, you know, I don't. Yeah. But, um, you know, I fucking I smacked that bitch in the mouth and she deserved it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah fucking fictionalize that, it it's just you may be in uh well there's a lot of different scenarios like uh, uh legal proceedings where you you know um as far as it's not to run anybody down either but even talking yeah. about certain events in your life it's like uh well now maybe it has to be more um well look it's really what's the book about right it's not about a specific detail that happened it's not about the color of the car or the color of somebody's skin it's not about the specific job you're doing it's about the feelings that you had while you're it's about the emotions that you had that did that the point of the book is to get it out of your system a and uh b people that are going through similar experiences let them know that they're not alone right so as long as it's emotionally true like you just can't you can't like try to be more mean than you feel. You can't try to be more nice than you feel about somebody. You just have to like factually write down what happened in the simplest language that you can. And like the, the emotional truth will come through and then do a pass where you fucking change the details around. And then, I mean, look, fucking OJ wrote a book called, <laughs> called little, little tiny letters. If huge letters, I did it right. So how bad can it be? Yeah, you know, that was that was true. Uh, 
old OJ, man. He's a true yeah. legend in a lot of a lot of ways. Uh, great role model, yeah. <laughs> great athlete. You know, I made a actor. joke in the summer. You making me think of this? I made a joke and I said OJ's my idol because I was getting sued. And then yeah. uh, some people were just like, "Oh, he's celebrating OJ killing somebody," and I was like, "I wasn't even talking yeah. about that. I was talking about him being a yeah, bum you're... as far as getting sued and not paying." No, you're talking about his his great yeah, career like, as a running back, yeah, the greatest the running back of all time, Hall Come of on. Famer, two thousand yards in a season in a fourteen game season, too. By the way, yeah, dude. And then those fucking Naked Gun movies, dude. He was, was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love OJ, dude. I love OJ Simpson. I fucking hope he finds a real killer someday, man. You know. Well, he's still on this. He's still on the hunt. You know, I was in Vegas and he was at the was it the Red Rock Casino? I can't remember, but if we were gonna try to go find OJ Simpson that day, I don't know if that was a good call or not. But we didn't get the <laughs> just to get some to get some pointers. Yeah, I just wanted to talk to OJ. Like, what the fuck? Um, like, how do I fucking sever the spinal column? <laughs> he's celebrating murder and like oh he's I've dangerous now a, i've only got a six inch blade is it, <laughs> is it possible <laughs> do i need to work with something bigger is that gonna get the job done yeah I... <laughs> do you recommend do you recommend the spider co or should i go with something more tactical yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, good old OJ. Oh, I was going to ask you. Murder is wrong. People. I had this murder question. How could uh, you, but you're, you said you were a vol cell for 10 months. I didn't even, I must've yeah. missed that memo. Like I look at your Twitter yeah. all the time. I was like, wait, this guy's, I, I guess I just missed that, but I'm uh, a high volume poster, man. Shit gets better. Yeah, I also I still got, talk about, yeah, you still talk about I'm, pussy all the time too. I'm, I'm still like, oh, horny. Yes. I still, you know, that's the thing. It hasn't stopped me from writing. Cause like the writing itself is usually not about getting pussy. It's about the desire and the fantasy. Right. And like, what I want to do to these women and the actual act is kind of, you know, nobody's sex writing is a hard thing to pull off. I think I cracked it for this new book though. I think I fucking cracked how to write a good sex scene and also how to write a good fight scene. I think I have the best like fight scene in modern literature in this book. Nastiest no. fight scene ever. Well, that's pretty. All right. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this though. What Israel, Palestine, not any side, but how can you use that event to get more pussy? That's a good question. You You know, I think, I think if we just give it another 3,300 years, I'm sure it'll (laughs) come to a peaceful and permanent solution. I was reading the old Testament recently, the book of Joshua, which is the, after Moses gets the Hebrews out of the, out of Egypt. And he, you know, Moses himself can't enter, enter the land of Israel and Judah, but Joshua, his successor can. And, uh, you know, Joshua goes around to all the towns and he just, kill, you know, massacres people, burns the towns, fucking yeah. makes people into hewers of wood and drawers of water, uh, enslaves everybody and kills them all. And like that shit basically didn't stop from one side or the other. For the, Although even fucking Joshua stayed out of Gaza, I think they specific. I'm reading the <laughs> Old Testament. They're talking about Gaza. And I'm like, oh, shit, if you guys only knew, you know, um, but uh, look it's not going to change. And there's an ancient, like an ancient book that is revered by, if not majority, like a huge amount of people in the world is nothing but prophecies about this strip of land being battled over. And we think that it's going to fucking meaningfully change now. It's not my advice to people that are, you know, I don't know. I, I wish for peace and love, man, but this is so far beyond my capacity to help. Uh, and, getting like posting about it i just d- decided like i'm not going to post about it because people are so angry right people get so incensed about this shit on both sides 
and uh it's a you know it's fucking you know bronze literally fucking bronze age perversion like 1300 bc if not before you know god yeah. bless man i love i love all the peoples of the world and i hope we all hold hands together it's heated i mean i can completely understand the, taking the now i posted about it but yeah i understand that too though where it's just like that's why i wasn't asking because like uh the thing is just completely heated uh where it's like man if you jump in that you might not be able to jump out uh easily yeah. or people taking it super and also like serious. people it like hurts people people think that like you're attacking them you know like people really think like just like it's close to people's hearts it's deeply tribal and then it's deeply connected to all of this social justice shit left versus right and blah, blah, blah you know whatever it's, it's fucking weird and like what are you gonna do it's like getting like i don't know the fucking balkans i'm sure will have another war and like what are you gonna do like that's what they fucking do like those places have wars right like i'm they glad i live in, kill each other yeah man, i'm glad i live in in the united states of america uh, you know, or it's, it's, you know, vassal state, Mexico. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty nice here in the Utah. Uh, now let me ask you this. I think I probably asked it on the show before, but it's been a while since you've been on. Uh, so let's just pretend I didn't ask if I did ask. What uh, would you advise to new writers getting started uh, or people trying to do a book? Maybe they've written before, but what, what would you yeah. advise to, somebody thinking about that or just in any way writing like tips yeah or... this is the this i'm glad you asked because this is the only thing in the world that i'm qualified to give advice on right um <laughs> and i'll t and what i'll say is this there's no other solution besides just putting in the reps um you gotta wake up for so here's what works for me i wake up early i take a shit reading a good book and then i type for like half an hour that's it that's you know the, otherwise like when i'm working on the book i work full days but like every day at least i do that and the reason that you have to journal you in my opinion you have to journal for about a year before you can get over the feeling that somebody's reading over your shoulder saying like you suck especially if you have an ego about being a writer and i did because i was a, like i won like writing prizes when i was young and then i didn't write for 10 years so when i started again like it sucked and then i was like holy shit, i suck if this sucks i suck and you just gotta power through that the first year is by far the hardest just develop a habit to where, you know, just do it every day. So people within the sound of my voice, tomorrow, just for one day, you're going to wake up half an hour early or whatever, put it off your day for half an hour, take a shit, read a good book, not don't look at Twitter, don't look at Tinder, read a good book, and then sit down and make your fingers move on a keyboard and a blank document for 30 minutes. That's all you have to do for one day. At the end of that, you're done for the day. You don't have to edit. Doesn't have to mean anything. It can be oogity boogity boogity. It can be like I gotta take another shit. It's gotta be. It can be I want to jerk off. It could be like I fucking hate black people. It can be whatever. You know, whatever you. I'm saying. You know, this is the audience that's tuning in for me. So. <laughs> but like you whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be I love black people. Right. So I love black people. For the record, anyway, I fucking love black people. Fucking right. especially Mr. Orenthal James Simpson, the greatest <laughs> right. running back of all time. So just type for half an hour. And then just keep doing that. Just persist in doing that. And then story structure, editing, and 
uh, you know, prose style will come out of that. And it's exactly like weightlifting where like people don't, before they start weightlifting, people are like, oh, I don't want to get too big, you know? Like they have this concept of what it's going to be. And nothing that you could do, like looking like Schwarzenegger cannot possibly compare to the feeling of seeing your body, your physique that you've lived with your whole life at its peak, at its best. Like it's my body. This is how I'm built, but this is the best version of it. And it's personal to you. Nothing can compare to a good piece of writing that is in your style, that is about the things that you care about and think about in your life. And it's your story and you put it out there. Um, you know, and then people call you a you know slur on in your comment <laughs> section. But some people say it's great and like it's the greatest feeling in the world. So it's worth doing. But it takes you know it took me a year to learn how to write, and you know, and now it's taking it takes years and years. Here's the other thing about writing. I'm being a fucking long winded blowhard here, but no, go ahead. the the model for most people's like dream careers they think of like athlete, actor, rock star, whatever. Like all things where if you don't have some success in your twenties you're fucked. Writing is not a young person's game. Many people write their best work in their 70s, right? And, you know, Charles Bukowski had his first novel published when he was 50. And Cormac McCarthy was like 130 when he just died and published a good novel right before he bit it, right? Ver your verbal intelligence is the only thing that doesn't decline. Even your mathematical capabilities will may decline in old age, certainly your body, but your your wit, your intellect, and your ability to, to sort of tie things together only increase with practice. So it's a skill that you can enjoy your whole life. And it really helps when somebody breaks your heart, when somebody dies, somebody you love dies, somebody's fucking suing you, somebody's taking you to court, to be able to express yourself on stage and to have built up the skills so that the words are there to express what you feel and put it out of yourself and put it onto the page has saved my life a million times. I'm so grateful for it. And it's just a fucking simple thing to do, but it's hard to, and like, there's a lot of fucking insecurity tied into it. I get it. Tomorrow, just wake up and do it. If you're listening to me tomorrow, one person, I'm talking to you, you, I'm specifically speaking to you tomorrow. Just wake up and do it. That's all you got to do. It really is a great feeling to write something that people read and, and enjoy. Uh, it's the best, man. It's and the best. It's also it's the least compromised art form because there's no money in it, right? It's not really. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you are if you're a painter or something, somebody is, at some point is going to suck you into making some fucking stupid NFT, and then you're selling out, right? If you're a musician, whatever. But like nobody, you know, writers don't make any money. So like, every writer is doing it for the love. Every writer is doing it because they have something to say. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you know, I used to be a blogger, uh, and it wasn't very lucrative. Uh, no, but <laughs> it wasn't very lucrative. Uh, streaming pays a lot better, I'll say. But yeah. um, you know, I, I wrote some stuff that I, I I really liked, and people. I don't know. Writing's a totally different thing, really. Um, yeah. And it, it it's a different kind of. I mean, this is its own thing too, right? Yeah. Well, I but here's well, here but like, here. Here's another thing I'll say. I'm looking at a book on my shelf right now that was written by Catullus when fucking Caesar was alive. Right. And, and I open this book up and I read it and it's exactly how I feel today, right? Nobody, you can't, you know, writing, painting, and sculpture and like playwriting, like those are the only things that live, right? No other art form is going to live. So your book could be around in fucking 2,000 years, right? You're, you write for posterity. 
That's a great way to put it too. And yeah, there are yeah. no streams from ancient Rome, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like who is, who is Catullus's best friend who is an actor? Yeah, exactly. Nobody fucking knows. Right. Right. That's exactly right. Uh, let me see. I think I, you know, we're only going to keep you about an hour anyway. Yeah. Uh, what I is about 10, 10 minutes of gas left in me before I got to go take a bath and Epsom salts. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, um, what would be like, what, what have I left out here? Um, as far as like, something I mean, you are talking about that. I didn't bring your, up. Your, your life is much more interesting than mine, <laughs> but it sounds like you have legally, you're legally entangled from being able to speak about it. Yeah. To speak a little freely. I mean, some of that stuff's been out there. I mean, yeah, you've probably seen some of it, but uh, yeah, I can't, I've I can't, seen it. I don't like, I don't like, uh, I don't really track the lore enough to like know the through lines of it. Right. I just like, it pains me a little bit. Like, like things only pop, like people like to like comment on the worst moments of your life. Right. So I've seen a couple shots of like you having a kid, like a beautiful child. Right. And like, that's nice. And that makes me happy to see. And then I've seen shots of like you getting in, let's say some conflicts with various like women and various colleagues and etc and like it makes me unhappy to see man i want you to fucking be happy so well thank you for saying that and uh yeah um i don't know there's been some there was it's been a wild year like i'm in a good place yeah. now uh and you know hitting all marks and and staying sober and all that um but my my situation changed drastically uh and some in some ways that i didn't anticipate if, I, if i'll be able to what is that that's such a strange uh i mean look i get it you can't say it like what is it hiv positive what happened you uh no no hiv positive uh i just have a, a like some legal restrictions on like how frankly i can talk i guess you'd say all right, um, all right. but i can say on my own end like you know i kind of just got too fucked up on alcohol and Xanax um, was the main, uh, I would say, driver. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's it, you don't just do that type of shit. Normal people don't do that, right? Like just drink a yeah. bunch of alcohol and swallow it down with Xanax. So there's, you know, there's obviously yeah. it's not you're just trying that, you're you know. trying to die, man. You're trying yeah. to die. Yeah, it's not just that, right? Like you have to be you have to get to that place, right? So um you know i've kind of uh tried to think about like what you know why did i get to that place in the first place and work on some of that stuff but uh yeah. you know some bad habits some bad uh, places i guess uh in the mind kind of kind of fucked me over in certain ways but uh, i don't blame anybody else for it. you know it was, it was my fault so it's just a, it's a shame really uh in a lot of ways but i'm feeling good uh the last couple you, of months so do you believe in god uh, yeah, I do believe in God, actually. Do you ever pray? I don't pray enough, uh, but occasionally I do. I have prayed a couple times this fall, I'll say, uh, but I don't pray you, daily, really. Would you consider uh, waking up tomorrow morning and going out wherever you are, looking out over the, you know, the the jungle, the beautiful, like, flat jungle out there in Yucatan and looking at an iguana and praying to God for a minute in the morning? Yeah, I can do that. I can consider that. Yeah, and just say, you know, you don't have to ask him for anything, and you don't have to, you don't have to ask him to ask you for anything. All you got to say is just, God, like, please be with me. You know, God, please let me be with you. You know, 
I like to say the uh, ser the serenity prayer is the most famous Alcoholics Anonymous prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it works, uh, you know, it works, it works every time you do it. Um, if you're interested in some other prayers, you can look up the AA third step prayer. I mean, I pray, you know, like I'm fucking, you know, I don't know. I pray like I'm a member of the Catholic every day. So <laughs> I pray a lot, but uh, you know, maybe you know, just doing that once, you know, don't you don't have to expect God doesn't expect anything out of you right away, you know, um, and God's not gonna log you for your sins right away you just gotta establish if you will take one step towards god god will take two steps towards you well that's very that's a very poetic way to put it there uh and you know praying is kind of like writing uh like you were talking about earlier uh yeah you know <laughs> you get in the habit of either one um yeah. but uh, and then when you, and then when you need it it's there right like i pray right. most mornings and i'm like oh, i'm saying these fucking retarded ass words are you kidding me i'm saying this bullshit out of the AA big book and i'm like i'm doing like stretching i'm doing like god blah 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 blah, blah. and then something bad happens and i'm like god please you know god oh help me i need you you know so like when you're when you're you do it it's like fighting right if you if you train like karate all day and it, you look like a fucking jerk off in your stupid gay you know outfit that you know and then somebody comes and tries to kick your ass and you fucking just bam, you fucking kick him in the face you're like oh that's why i was doing that every day at the fucking mall dojo it's because what you don't know when you're going to need it and it's a it's good to have spiritual skills right yeah now i'll say well, you, I, that made me think of something um and you know i still talk trash about some people or this or that i guess you could say for entertainment i'd say mostly yeah. some i genuinely don't like uh <laughs> but uh I, I think being in that mode uh for so many years and like i'll oh, just take it to the absolute limit on whoever uh is talking shit or doing whatever um i think that that kind of wore off in a bad way yeah. to my personal relations too uh yeah. and then when things you know uh go away you don't want to go or whatever or things are out in the public and then it's just like well whatever it's just it's all part of the game right like okay uh, i mean do go you, all in do on you, that uh do that you feel that are there any specific things where you know that you were in the wrong and uh you think you could make it right with that person uh you know that's up to uh other entities yeah. other than me um yeah. but yeah i was in the wrong on some things for sure I, I there were some wrong things happening to me too but yeah um you know i kind of i put myself in that spot and had you know already fallen short in some ways uh so i don't I, you know that was just one some things i should have just dealt with better so but yeah i mean even though i felt wrong it's like okay i i i i um you know, sh should have not uh, done some things that I did to speak generally. Yeah. I have to pull. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even though I felt wronged over some t different times this year, uh, I, I shouldn't have uh, reacted in the way I did. What's funny is that the secrecy ironically makes it like, I'm sure whatever you did, like the secrecy makes it sound like you fucking shut some kids in a schoolhouse and set it on fire right, right? like they're having to keep it secret like holy shit that sex trafficking ring really got out of hand like i'm sure you fucking drove drunk punched somebody or got in a domestic dispute or whatever like normal fucking 
you know, you and I are both from working class backgrounds. Like that's normal shit for like our family to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, but was, when you have, when, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Like I'll, when, I'll when you can't talk about it, it really does sound like you're fucking making, you're like, yeah, I had that puppy mill and then I fucking sacrificed them all to fucking Beelzebub and, uh, for, you know, torched, you know, the nunnery, like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's whatever it is. Who knows? Maybe you did the, do those things. I don't know. Uh, I'm like OJ. I'm 100% not guilty. 100%, 100% absolutely innocent. not guilty. I think is what he said. Wait, what, what was it? I can't remember now. I used to know it by heart. 100% positively. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, positively. you have to do the timing because yeah, he did like yeah. did it with real and like 100%. I saw it 100 times. Absolutely. Yeah. Positively not guilty yeah absolutely. good for him dude yeah i watched that lot i was watching the whole oj trial when i was a kid and that whole summer um before the verdict we watched the oj trial and then they actually played it in, in my fourth grade catholic class <laughs> the teacher turned the oj verdict on for Fantastic. us graders. man the night come you, on man how did you react uh, I jumped up and cheered uh, when OJ was acquitted, and there were yes. uh, little girls in my class like crying, and they couldn't believe it, <laughs> and they were just like, "No!" And I was like one of the last two or three uh, OJ people, and then by the end, there was no other OJ pro OJ people in my class except me. Uh, and then it's one story your life. Yeah, and then one didn't want to change the OJ, but or against OJ, but he finally did. Uh, and I jumped up and started cheering, and the teacher was disgusted too. She wanted OJ to be locked up, and I was like, uh, uh, "All you guys lost." I was like, "Tommy, I'm gonna shut," because uh, I was like stridently pro OJ. Like I was like, "They set up OJ. Johnny Cochran's exactly right. Like, what do you mean those gloves don't fit? Of course he didn't do it." Like I was like. Right. Was, yeah, it was like it was the stuff. it was the racist cops planting. Yeah, evidence. yeah. I was like Mark yeah. Furman called him the N word. What do you mean? Of course he got yeah, set up. There you go. Yeah, let him go. Man. <laughs> I was like mysterious, that. Oh, dude. Mysterious other killer. You know, OJ still gets late. Like women come on Fuck to OJ, yeah. like hot young women, just to fucking just to say they did it. You know, like somebody was telling you know somebody was telling Lord Miles like OnlyFans girls are offering him pussy just to say they did it. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean they know it's like a aphrodisiac to them, isn't it? Like, I, yeah, yeah, the double it's murder. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, what? I hope he murders me. <laughs> it's like, oh, he could murder me too. Like they, they don't really want to get murdered, but like the yeah, idea sure, that like, he could. When OJ brings him back to the hotel room, he's got like his grapefruit knife out. I'm sure, <laughs> just laying there on the counter. Just to get him, just they to get just him get wet. Dripping immediately. I was about to say, yeah. yeah, he's got like a huge fucking machete or something just laying there. Oh my god! All right, man, I got to I got to tell people where I to jump you. with it. All right, go to deliciousTacos.com, deliciousTacos.substack.com, and buy my book, The Pussy, on Amazon. The Pussy by Delicious Tacos. Thank you, my brother. I love you. Thank appreciate you. Sir. you. Love you too, man. And, it was uh, a pleasure. It was, it was a real, a uh, lot of fun, man. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Delicious tacos live on the kill stream. I couldn't say what I wanted to there. Finally, I was trying to get that out. It was a fun time uh, with delicious tacos. Boogie locked his Twitter. Yeah, I did see that. Oh, Ada Wolf says I started a nightly prayer group. Ralph is real short, five minutes or so. I do it every night. You're more than welcome to join. Love you, bro. Thank you, man. That's very kind. Uh, appreciate that, man. That was a lot of fun. I love talking to delicious tacos, and he is an outstanding writer. 
and I wanted to tell him that while he was here, but uh, he's an outstanding writer, big heart, hilarious, so many stories, um, really kind as far as if you need any advice or, you know, I've asked him about a couple things here and there and just really personable and really talented. Uh, so, and funny, not only with the pen, but every time he comes on here, uh, is fucking hilarious. And I really, I feel like, uh, we play well off each other. And I thought that was another, uh, example of that. So we'll probably clip that out. I know there was like a tech issue during the, uh, during the segment. So I apologize for that, but I don't think it was, I think we got back relatively soon. Um, yeah, he's wholesome. You know, yeah, he's wholesome when you... Well, he's known for, like... <laughs> his writing's a little... You know, there's some vulgar tales in there. I mean, I love that shit. Uh, I can identify, I guess you might say. But, I <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's a wholesome guy. Uh, and knows about sobriety. And uh, I didn't know the... I, I didn't really... I, I like those type of conversations because, I, like I said, I didn't prep or anything. It's just like, well, I'm about to talk to Delicious Tacos. And... Um, so, you know, when I knew it would probably get to some areas because um, he's like me. Like, I talk a lot about my personal life. Now, some of the stuff, you know, some stuff this year, we have to be a little uh, like a macro view. We can't necessarily get into every uh, little thing. So, yeah, one of the best guests. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, he really is one of the best guests on the show. And uh, I might try to find that episode from 2020 where he came on after one of the um, big scandals, I guess you could say, uh, in Killstream history. And he was the, f he just happened to be scheduled that night. I think it was a Thursday. And I think the Frank Hassel, Boogie, and the other event that happened that night happened on a Monday, if I recall correctly. Either Thursday or Friday. I don't know. I have to go back and look. <clears throat> I was on sabbatical there uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia, for a few days. Also, this is almost over, but uh, we'll see if we can finish it. Also, can we finish the goal? What time is it? Is it 9.20 for real? Holy shit. Well, we might not hit it today, but uh, still an outside possibility. Maybe I'll go a little bit longer. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, powerchat.live slash the Ralph retort killstream.live slash tip dollar sign sunset squad on cash app check it.com slash killstream slash pay me if you want to use stripe you can also use rumble rants can we hit it i don't know but it's been a great show today in my opinion uh, either way uh so powerchat.live slash the Ralph retort all that shit about her when you mocked her